Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Callum Wilson played through. Offside flag stays down. Great chance for Wilson. And he's taken it. And Jordan Pickford looks at his defenders and shrugs and says, what can I do about that? Callum Wilson, cool as you like. Hello and welcome to episode 58 of Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast. Yesterday, the Cherries entertained Everton in front of the Sky cameras at the Vitality Stadium. And wasn't it great to see a much-changed lineup coming out on top with a deserved 3-1 victory? Our first home win of the season. With two goals from Callum Wilson, one an especially tasty finish, and another from Ryan Fraser. Outstanding performance, lads. If you haven't guessed it, my name is Jeff Hayward, and with Sam uploading videos on our YouTube channel all of yesterday, this week I'll again be joined by Mr All Department's Michael Dunn. He'll be with me to dissect yesterday's game, as well as helping me preview Friday's derby against Southampton. But before we get started, we've managed to get Sam to do some work for the podcast this week. He's pulled together a cheeky little question to start the show. Now, it's nearly eight years today that a certain chairman walked onto the pitch at Dean Court and made an impromptu speech to supporters. So in this week's Do You Remember?, We roll back the years to the Eddie Mitchell era. And wow, what a time to be alive that was. Cheers, Jeff. Beautifully introduced, I've got to say. Uh, So, eight years ago, do you remember this? I didn't know that the jacket was 
a bit of an embarrassing time for us but it wasn't the only embarrassing Eddie Mitchell moment there was the way Eddie was starting on that North Stand fan by the way talking about his eyes popping out the back of his head unbelievable but on the 25th of February 2012 he he was knocked off the air on BBC 606 he was on with Mark Chapman who presents Match of the Day 2 and he swore twice on the air he got warned the first time but then they had to boot him off but the media's ears pricked up that afternoon because of something that apparently happened at half time whether it did or not we're not too sure we'll play the audio clip from said interview a bit later on but can you tell me what happened during that match at half time for eddie mitchell to have to defend himself on the radio and then swear himself off the air interesting one do you remember? Answer is coming at the end of the show. So yesterday, Bournemouth picked up three points against Everton. I was so, so relieved. Did loads of fans interviews after the game, which can be seen on our YouTube channel. Check it out. And we've got some of those thoughts here, plus those that have been submitted afterwards too. But first, my audio match report from the game. And it's fair to say, I got a little bit excited. Probably going to get given. 
disappointing time to concede. Hello, this is uh, Dave Watkins uh, from Froome in Somerset, um, reporting for Back of the Net uh, for the Everton game. Uh, thanks to Sam for letting me come back. I only just w- uh, finished work before the game today, so I had to watch it on TV, but uh, thoroughly enjoyed that performance. I thought it was fantastic overall, a couple of dips along the way, but I think possibly we let Everton do that, especially at the start of the second half. We just kind of were compact. And um, Everton are a quality team. You look at the, the money they've spent and the players they've got, it's no mean feat to beat them 3-1. Um, brilliant to see Lewis Cook back. I thought he was awesome considering the break that he's had. Billing uh, was a good helper for him in there. He's he's just so uh, big and, and gets in the way and he, he can play, which is great. Ramsdale, he's going to be a hell of a keeper one day. He looks like an assured Premier League keeper already. Kicking is superb. I thought Steve Cook and Ake were... Brilliant in the centre of defence. Got pretty much everything. I thought Cookie was unlucky for the goal they scored because Calvert-Lewin, he pushed him down, didn't he? I could see that being a foul on on other places in the pitch. Definitely, if that was a challenge on the keeper, it would have been a foul. So there we go. Um, I thought Rico really did well. Possibly a bit too much space for the cross for their goal, but people were... um, I saw one or two people actually blaming him and saying he had a poor game, but I thought... He was probably a 7 or 8 out of 10 overall. Credit where it's due, you know. He he did, he had a good game. Jack Stacey, very nervous at times. Obviously not as much time as he had in League One, but I think he came through it okay. Um, we saw Josh King having the best game for a long time. I thought Solanke helped out uh, Callum up front. Quiet, but very efficient. I thought Harry Wilson was a bit quiet. Um 
and then with Fraser on the bench. But I thought it was the right decision when he came on. He did some really good things, obviously helped with a goal and uh, what have you. But he also nearly cost us a goal at the other end. I just want to see Ryan Fraser smile again one day, maybe, and enjoy his football. So overall, I thought that was a really good game, very solid, and I think we deserved it. Um, so happy days. On to Southampton on Friday night, a game where I'm working late. It's going to be a tense night for me trying to catch up with what's going on. But let's let's go and beat them. Let's go and beat them. Anyway, happy days. Back of the net. Hey, this is Claire Carlin, North Stand season ticket holder. After returning from today's Bournemouth v Everton game. Fantastic to see um, such a performance. And fantastic to see the boys record their first home victory on home soil this season. Fantastic. It's great to see things mixed up a little. Um, after the dreadful performance away at Leicester. I wasn't too disappointed that we lost to Man City because we played really well. But Leicester, on the other hand, we weren't even in the game. So it was great to see us after an international break to come back and to be on such fine form. Everton's defending at times wasn't great, but delighted that we took full advantage of this. At other times, we haven't taken the pressure off ourselves and we haven't allowed the other team's defensive errors to count so it was really good to see us um, balance and take this one to account today it's fantastic to see Lewis Cook back after such a long time out he played as though he hadn't even been out the game so it was really good to have him back and we really do need to get some more of our injured players back it's great to see Callum Wilson score three in the last two games as well with the Mania really having a couple of opportunities today and he landed them both well Hopefully this is going to be a real boost for his confidence. It's great to see our first win, as I said, at home. A relentless performance where the guys never really gave up. On a really hot day, they gave it everything. We really need to take the same attitude up to on Friday to St Mary's, which is obviously going to be another really encouraging and challenging encounter. And one that I'm sure the fans are really up for on Friday night. Up the cherries in all departments. Awesome game, yeah. I'll be honest, I'm a bit too excited at the moment, so uh, a clear judgement of the game, being critical, is sort of out the window because I'm a bit overexcited, <laughs> yeah. but um, I think essentially everyone had a great game. Yeah. I thought Rico redeemed himself a little bit today, to be honest with I you. I agree. Um, I'm a left-back myself, and uh, I thought he played well. I couldn't fault him on much, to be honest with you. I think people start giving him a bit of a chance yeah. now and see how, how he develops. Lewis Cook, amazing to see him on the pitch. So much pace. Wilson, again, stood out a little bit more for me today, yeah. Callum Wilson say that now um, yeah. <laughs> he just seemed to have a bit more drive and energy and a bit more positivity I don't know what that was why that was um, yeah everyone had a cook was solid yeah. absolutely solid Ake as always yeah. um, more creativity in the middle of the park with Lewis Cook added So, cracking to hear the thoughts of Cherries fans there. And remember, if you want to submit your audio for the show, either see Sam after a game or send us a voice note via email or WhatsApp. All the details can be found on our Twitter bio. So, Michael, great to have you on again. Great to be on and nice to be on this time after a win. Exactly, exactly. 
Um, I don't know what you thought, but when I saw that lineup, I was, uh, how can I put it, a little bit nervous? Yeah, I was surprised. Um, I didn't really know what was going on with Adam Smith because Eddie didn't say he was definitely out at the press conference. Um, he said that Lewis Cook probably wasn't quite there and I expected Cook to be on the bench. So, yeah, we had Stacey making his Premier League debut at right back. Um, Diego Rico, who we chatted a bit last time I was on, was actually selected to play in his position at the moment in the absence of any other fit left back. And, um, well, Lewis Cook in midfield, great to see him back and I thought he had a pretty good game. And, um, and Solanke playing up front with Wilson. So, yeah, it wasn't what I expected, but, it, um, yeah, I think pre-game... I was surprised, and obviously I didn't mention Fraser was was benched as well. I'm not sure if that, if that was connected to his form going into this game for us, or, or just the you know the, the trials and tribulations of playing for Scotland. Well, maybe. I mean, I've heard a few people talk uh, online about it being a bit of a kick up the backside for him, but I think he must have been tired after playing two games in a in a week, don't you think? Yeah, I think it's possible. Um, I don't always have a great deal of sympathy for footballers and being tired. I mean, they are only human. It doesn't matter how much money they earn. They they can get tired like anybody else. It could have been something else. But yeah, I, I think it was possibly, it, it was a message to him that, you know, you're not undroppable. And um, that I think it worked because when he came on and we'll get, we'll get onto that, I, th I thought he did quite well. I think this is one of the real positives about having such a, a deep squad. Nobody's place is sacrosanct. And by shaking it up as he did today, I think... You know, it, it lets people know that we've got depth. We've got an, a choice of options out there. If we if we need to bring people in, we can do that. Yeah, and it shows trust in the players that have been on the fringes of the squad. Um, he hadn't shown a great deal of trust in Diego Rico before, but he came in today and I thought he did all right. Probably one of his better games for us. Um, Solanke, I'd love to see him score a goal in, a, in an official match. I know he scored in friendlies, but, you know, he's backing him. He's starting him in an important game. So, yeah, I think that all the players who are in the team know that their places aren't rubber stamped and those who aren't even maybe even making the squad every week know they've got a chance to get in. Quite right, quite right. So, um, so new lineup, fresh faces. Um, and what did you make of the, the first half of the game? I thought it was quite an even half, actually. I thought the fact that it was one all at half-time, despite my disappointment at them equalising just before the whistle for half-time, it reflected how it went in the first half. I thought both teams did okay. Um, they both had periods where they were on top. And I was obviously delighted when we scored, but it would have been just as uh, as justified if they'd have scored first. I think that, yeah, it, was, it looked like two teams who were pretty even overall um, going into the break. I thought what really stood out was the way that everybody in the team seemed up for it. The the way that King took the ball down that left-hand side and really attacked Coleman at fullback, I thought was terrific. And I was really impressed with uh, Billing and Lewis Cook. I mean, first game for how long? And look at what a shift he put in in that first half. Yeah, you could see with Lewis Cook that the adrenaline was coursing through his veins. You know, you've been out for so long... It must be so hard, a lot of long, dark days of rehab on your own. And, you know, he's back in the team and it's a big game televised. Um, 
straight back in, no like messing about being on the bench or anything like that. And he, he played brilliant for about the first 20 minutes. He was spraying the ball around. He was throwing in the tackles and, you know, really putting it in, in a shift. He did fade as the half went on. But, yeah, I mean, obviously, I've got no doubt that every Bournemouth fan listening to this is absolutely delighted to see him back. And we mentioned the back four. I thought Stacey looked pretty solid. And Rico, you're right. You know, he's he's left a few of us uncertain about whether he can make that left back spot his own. But um, he, he was fairly, fairly decent, I thought. Um, most of all, Ramsdale, I think, just gives us a solidity at the back. You know, he's a great shot stopper. He came out and made a really decent block against uh, one of their forwards who was through. Um, so I thought the back four just seemed to have a, a bit more togetherness about them today. Yeah, they did well overall. I thought Rico was better at defending than going forward, especially in the first half. Um, Stacey, he looks like a prospect, definitely. Uh, he's quite quick. Um, he did throw a tackle at one point. He just slightly misjudged it. And um, their guy just kind of jumped over he could have gone down actually but he didn't he might have got carded for that but yeah he did well and yeah Ramsdale actually when you look at the whole game not just the first half you know I don't think a draw would have been an unfair result overall for the you know the whole 90 minutes Ramsdale was probably the difference he made two or three really good saves and yeah you're right he comes off his line really quickly and he's brave you put his head Right in, I don't know who that was, Richarlison maybe or Calvert-Lewin. And he, he, he must have had a very, you know, close-up view of the guy's studs because he put his head right in where it hurt. And, yeah, I mean, he, um, he, the only thing he does that makes me nervous, well, apart from the goal kicks, which I might chat about in a minute, but is that he, he doesn't hold the ball very often. He quite often palms it away. He keeps it out of the net. But, um, yeah, I, I think I'd probably rather he did catch it. But, I mean, he has more than once... Um, certainly against Aston Villa and in this game, the two victories we've had, he, I think he's made a huge difference to, to, to the final result. And what did you make of the, the first goal? I mean, it was fairly even. They didn't look to be any one team in the ascendancy. Um, what struck me was that we tried one of our short corner routines that uh, went pear-shaped, uh, get another corner, and instead of doing that routine, Rico swings it in and causes mayhem in their box. Yeah, they tried it twice, didn't they? Um, mm. The first time, Lewis Cook, I think, went over to take the corner. They tried to play the short one. It, it didn't work at all. That uh, One of our guys was coming to collect the ball short, and their defender just nipped it and took it off him. And then you know, Rico had a go. And then it happened again after that. We got two corners in a row. First one was you know, a mess, and, and the second one, he, he whipped it in. It was, it was, it was really you know, good delivery. He has got good delivery when he gets it right. Um, and then it was headed on, I think, possibly by Cook. I'm not sure. And then there was a lot of players in and around the six-yard box, but it, it fell to, into Joss King's path, and he should have buried it, really. He had a lot of the goal to aim at, and he was very close to it, but he completely mishit, and it looped up, and, and uh, well, Wilson and Ake both reacted first, and Wilson just got in ahead of him. Um, so it was, you know, a little bit, of a mess from Everton's point of view, but then I think when your team concedes a goal, you always think it's a bit of a mess. Um, and it, like I said earlier, it would have been just as fair if they'd have scored first, but obviously delighted that it was us. 
Well, I do think with that kind of delivery from Rico, with Billing and his height in the box as well, it does give us an extra goal threat from set pieces. And Everton, I mean, their defending was just horrific in that corner. So happy days, 1-0 up. And I thought actually going up to the, the half-time break, we looked fairly comfortable. In fact, we had a, a corner from which they broke, which ultimately led to their goal. Yeah, I thought we looked comfortable for a while. Possibly, I think about the last 10 minutes, I remember looking up at the stadium clock, it was 37th minute, and I thought, I hope we can hang on until half-time. Um, because they were getting back into it then. They'd sort of recovered from the, the knockback they'd had with conceding the goal. And then, they, yeah, the goal was a, it was a funny goal because they, they, they came forward quite well. Uh, and it, it was, you know, crossed in. And then I couldn't understand why Calvert-Lewin was able to jump a good foot, maybe a foot and a half above Steve Cook and head it into the net, why, why Cook wasn't off the ground. But I, I could only reason, and I've only watched it back once, and it wasn't a very good, um, a very close camera angle, but he, I think he must have had his hands on Cook's shoulders and just sort of used him to, to get the elevation and prevent Cook from... From, from from jumping, and I, I don't really understand if that is what happened, why it wasn't VAR, but it wasn't, and uh, they went in at one all. Well, from the replays that I saw, it clearly was using uh, Cookie to to get extra height. They didn't VAR it, or actually, sorry, let me take that back. They VAR every goal, but they saw nothing wrong in that, which I have found frankly astonishing anybody who's listened to me rant about VAR will not be surprised <laughs> at that um, but I don't think Cookie made too much of it you know I wondered whether you know if he felt that shove maybe he should have gone to ground and got the foul but you know it, he, he buried the header maybe we should have been a bit more aggressive in stopping the cross carried in 1-1 it was a bad time to concede when mm. you know I thought we should have played it out to get a 1-0 headline uh, a 1-0 scoreline, rather. And the only other real threat that they'd given us in that half, I thought, was uh, when Richarlison had that speculative shot that hit the bar. But apart from that, we looked pretty OK, I thought. Yeah, I mean, we we looked decent enough in the first half. I think both teams looked OK. They both looked like what they'll probably turn out to be, well, fingers crossed in our case, um, mid-table teams. Um, yeah, that was... <laughs> That one that Richarlison hit the bar, he whipped it in and, and Ramsdale was just watching it, expecting it to sail over. And it, it dipped quite late. And yeah, I think we'd have all got a nasty shock if that had gone in. Um, but I think that at half time, if I'd have been Silver, their manager, I'd have been thinking, we deserve to be going in level. Um, and then, well, I didn't... I, don't really think we I don't know what what was going on at half time in our dressing room but they seem to come out looking significantly better than us for quite a long time at the start of the second half oh it was all them wasn't it it felt really scrappy at the start I don't think we got our rhythm going at all and maybe it was the timing of their goal that that uh, put us on the back foot but um you know, credit to Eddie, he brings Fraser on to replace Harry Wilson, who, aside from a couple of free kicks, I don't think had been a, a, a massive sort of contribution to the team in that first half. 
And I think Fraser comes on and he played like he had a point to prove. Definitely. We were lavishing praise upon Harry Wilson the last time we spoke after the City game. You did score that wonderful free kick in that game. Um, and he'd obviously scored the previous week at Aston Villa as well. But since then, he's gone a bit quieter. His general play doesn't uh, isn't as impressive as I hoped it would be. Um, that can change, obviously. And if he's got a goal for it, then that's always a bonus. And yeah, but Fraser must have been chomping at the bit to get on the pitch. Like I said, I think he was dropped for exactly that reason, just to give him a little bit more motivation. And as soon as he came on, it was like seconds after he came on, he was, he was away on one of those those thrilling runs that you always want to see him doing. And, and Dino, I think it was, brought him down almost after Fraser had his first touch of the ball. And Dino was immediately booked for that. And he just looked right on it, didn't he, like you said. And, and he, he was... He was, he, he was going to be a menace. And then, of course, we didn't play very well at all, I thought, until he came on. And certainly, up until he scored our goal, which I'm sure we'll chat about shortly, it, I thought we were second to everything. The entire game seemed to be played in our half of the pitch for the first half of the second half because we scored on 67 minutes. And up until that point, I didn't really think that there was going to be any other winner apart from Everton. I was just hoping that either we were going to have a bit of luck or, we, or we'd hang on for a draw. And, well, we got a bit of luck. So, well, luck plus Eddie bringing Ryan Fraser on, which which did ultimately make the difference. And I do think a lot of credit to Josh King. He really played very directly today. I mean, every time he picked the ball up, he, he ran at them. And that aggression, that, that pace... They didn't like it, and in fact, he got fouled by Richarlison, which uh, ultimately gave Fraser the chance to, to whip that ball in and, and put us 2-1 up. Yeah, you can't fault Josh King for effort. I mean, he busts the gut getting up and down the pitch, and he certainly was doing that today, and, and he did it against City as well. Um, <laughs> he still hangs on to the ball for too long. Too long, uh, yeah, yeah, agreed. And it, it seems to have got worse. There was a, that, that season when he scored... A load of goals, I think 15 goals after Christmas. He, he wasn't like that then. He, he seemed to release it earlier. But now he's very much gets the ball head down and off he goes. Although today he did give Coleman a torrid time. And he, he was quicker than him and, and stronger as well. And that, that did, you know, really go in our favour. Yeah, when, when we won the free kick, Fraser lined up to took it. Everybody, I think possibly including Ryan Fraser, thought I'll just whip this in and see if someone can get on the end of it. Um, I didn't notice at the time, only when I had a quick read of a match report and then looked at it on YouTube afterwards, that it was Fabian Delft that got the final touch. And that may have been what threw Pickford. Because um, I was really surprised when it went in, obviously delighted. But I was thinking, how well, how did they fall for that? How, and how did, was it a deliberate shot? But I think I don't think it was. I think it just got deflected and it slightly put Pickford off and we, we were 2-1 up. I was listening to the BBC build-up before the game, and if there's one thing that really hacks me off, it's lazy pundits. <laughs> and the pundits before the uh, the game were bigging up Fabian Delph, saying, what a bargain, what a great player, wasn't he brilliant against Wolves? And there he was, just such a numpty for that, uh, that free kick. I mean, why he doesn't clear it with his right foot? I mean, obviously he's only got a left foot, but it was awful. It was a schoolboy error, and... Uh, and fantastic, you know, Pickford was completely unsighted by that. And um, 2-1, happy days. It was happy days. Going back to what you were saying about Delft, you look at Everton's lineup. 
which we haven't really discussed, they've got what look like what looks like a really good squad. That you know they've got um, Sir Gerdson, I think he's quality. Calvert Lewin, um, what's the name of the other forward they signed from Arsenal recently? He oh looks, uh, yeah, it won't be look pretty yeah. decent at times, they've didn't they? Um, obviously Pickford, Michael Keane. The new guy from Juventus is his name yeah. Keane as well. Kane, Moise yeah, Moisey Kane. Yeah, he, apparently. he came on, yeah. and, and uh, there's, there's probably a few others that I haven't mentioned. Uh, yeah, and, but they just—I don't know—they're they're a funny team, Everton. They never—it never seems to sort of gel properly. I've got quite a few new players, and I always think—I I don't want to be eating my words when we play them on the last day of the season. I always think Marco Silva's overrated. I think he's—he came out over here and he—where was he first? Hull City. They got relegated, and he was kind of praised quite a lot because he put them closer to survival but they didn't actually survive then he went to Watford and it didn't really go that well and he was immediately after a few months had his head turned by Everton and and he's not really done anything great at Everton either and I just think that yeah they've got the potential they seem to have a, a lot of money in the bank rich owners they always used to have to cut their cloth a bit when um the theatre guy was the owner yeah but, yeah, and but I don't know. Just at the moment, it doesn't look like it's quite clicking. They're vulnerable away from home, and well, that played into our hands a bit today. Because once they did concede that second goal, we suddenly looked like a much better team. The confidence you could see, you could see it coursing through the veins of the the players and the crowd, couldn't you? You could, and the uh, the third goal, which came only a few minutes after that second, um, was actually again poor defending from Everton. Um, it was their Colombian international, whose name escapes me for the moment, headed clear straight to Rico, who basically lobbed it back over his head first time. And Callum Wilson's one-on-one against Pickford and a beautiful finish on the half volley. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that goal the most, actually, um, mainly because I thought this cannot be VAR. I, I felt like I could celebrate without any <laughs> lingering doubt in my head. You know, 0% doubt that this is going to be VAR. Uh, yeah, um, th- their defence... <laughs> They were just like statues. And there was a big oh. gap between, between I think, the central defenders. And, and Callum just ran through. And he, he's obviously got to know Pickford a bit. And he, he, <laughs> <laughs> he lifted it over him. Lovely finish. Very that cool. beautiful. Yeah, because you always think, oh, make sure you don't miss this. And then and he celebrated. And then he went back over to Pickford. I don't know if you could see this where you watched it all. He put, he put his hand over his mouth as he was talking to it. It was so funny. I, I went, wonder what he was yeah. saying. <laughs> he went over to, over to Pickford and had, had a little chat and I don't know what he was saying to him. Um, and then, but I mean, we should also give a bit of praise to Diego Rico because he's, he's, he's had enough knocks <laughs> in the time he's been with us. So he, he's had two assists today, the corner, good delivery. Yep. And then, yep. you know, he saw the, the opportunity and played it, in just the right place for Callum Wilson. I did see the players congratulating him afterwards. So, so yeah, it was. Um, I mean, that was the the goal that really sealed the win. I, there was about I don't know twenty minutes left then. If they'd have got one back quickly, then they could have got back in it. But I felt comfortable then at three one, which was a very nice yeah. feeling. And I and I thought our defence handled them pretty well. I mean, I, I again, you know, without without wishing to do our team down, I thought Everton were poor. You know, there's there's a lot of talk often about teams not fancying a, a wet Wednesday in Sheffield or somewhere, but I don't think Everton really fancied a sunny Sunday on the south coast, do you? No, well, not really. I don't think they travel that well, though, do they, uh, in terms of the the results they pick up? Um, their fans travel well. They were quite vociferous until it, the writing was obviously on the wall towards the end of the game. 
But, yeah, we did handle them quite well. Um, like you say, it was pretty pleasant conditions to play. And if you're going to go for an away fixture, Bournemouth on a day like this is, you know, you could certainly do a lot worse. Um, but they did have a few chances. There was one where I can't really remember the players that were involved, but uh, they had a shot and it was quite a decent chance. Ramsdale made a good save, parried it, of course, because as I said, he doesn't like to catch it. And then it went to, it may have been Bernardo, he was on the field by then, and, and he just, he had the goal at his mercy, and he nearly put it out for a, for a throw-in. Very poor. I remember that, yeah, I think it, uh, it sort of summed them up, really. They, they just didn't really have that, um, I don't know, that sort of team desire. There was no leadership, I didn't think, from the Everton side, whereas from our lads... Back to front, 1-11, to 11, I thought we were all up for it and we wanted it more than they did. The number of second balls that uh, and interceptions that Billing got today was quite astonishing, I thought. And generally, we fought much harder uh, than they did and ultimately played out the game uh, the last 20 minutes pretty comfortably and deserved the win. Yeah, I think... I, I, I wouldn't say it was... a cut and dried that we deserved to win. We did make the most of our chances. We had to have a little bit of luck with um, with Ryan Fraser's goal. We do have, I think, Ramsdale to thank for keeping us in the game. Um, it was a definite... The, the second half was a half of two half, a half of two quarters, because yeah. up until we scored that goal, they were on top and, and they were controlling the game. We, we, we were second to everything. Once we got the second goal, we, we were a different team for the remainder of the game. And I think that's the bit people probably remember. You think, oh, yeah, well, don't worry about all that stuff that went, that, that went before. But you, you're right about Billing. He, he's such a destructive force in there. And, I, I mean, Eddie's got an, a nice problem now because he's got Lerma, Billing and Cook, and he you know generally will only play two of them. So he's got to find, well, he's got to bench one of them. I think Cook gives us more creatively than either of the other two. Billing more destructively. I think Lerma's somewhere in the middle. So it'll be interesting to see what Eddie does. Uh, we won today, so it's likely that he won't he won't change that. I mean, Lerma came on in the last, what was it, 20, 25 minutes? And he, um, well, it was after the second goal, so it must have been, it must have been the last 20 minutes. And and it, he, he did all right. He's all, I mean, he probably only got back from Columbia on Thursday or something. Um, yeah. So, yeah, he's got a few selection headaches now. And considering we still have quite a few players in the treatment room, um, it's it, it's a nice problem to have. I think Everton are a bit... Uh, I sort of dissected them a minute ago and said they were a funny team and they were a bit disjointed. Um, I think they're a bit like us in some respects, though, because with both teams, and I, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Everton fans felt like this, you never quite know which version of your team's going to turn up. you know. And you could see that with us clearly in the second half because the, the you know that first part of the second half, it was Bournemouth looking insipid and you know, lacklustre and off the pace. And then once we scored the goal, it was the, the Bournemouth that we want to see turn up. We were on it, full of energy. Uh, we were a bit more composed at the back. And, yeah, I think with both those both sets of fans of, of the two teams that are on the pitch today, you never quite know which team you're going to see when you go and when you come watch your team. True indeed. And we've got a big game coming up on Friday night. So I wonder which... Cherry's team will turn up for that. Shall we have a chat about that in a minute? Let's hear some more fans' thoughts and uh, I'll come right back to you. 
I thought they played very well, considering the last game was uh, a bit poor. But today he's changed the side around, and yeah, we, uh, we got the result. I knew this. I knew that there was going to be some changes, obviously mm. through the last game and through uh, and injuries as well. But hey, we got three points, and uh, yeah, I'm a Scotsman, and uh, <laughs> we man's one of my favourites. I've got to say, however, that I think you know towards the end of last season, beginning of this season. He's been a bit lacklustre. I wouldn't say lazy, I just think a bit lacklustre. Um, but when you bring him on as a sub, he knows he's got something to prove, yeah. and he proves it. How surprised were you to see Lewis Cook back in there so quickly? Uh, I wasn't that surprised, because I did say that he should have dropped Fraser a couple of games ago. Yeah. So um, I think that worked wonders for Fraser today when he came on as well. So I thought Lewis Cook only getting 70 minutes in the reserves was a bit of a risk, maybe, yeah. but... We don't know how long he's been training and how well he's been training, so we trust Eddie. I thought he's fantastic. Yeah. yeah, much improved. More like Bournemouth of old. And uh, certainly in the second half, we seem to gel just like uh, you know, just like the old days. Yeah, I, I, I actually thought first half we were. I, I actually liked the first half. Uh, I thought we eased off a bit in the second half, but then the substitution was quite spot on. Bringing Fraser on changed the game. So. It was good, good tactically, good substitution trouble. Um, what's your opinion on Harry Wilson? Because a little bit quiet again today, would you say? Yeah, he's um, yeah, he was quiet. It's uh, great on the free kicks, but not today. He didn't quite find his range. But um, yeah, I, thought, I, I actually thought Solanke done okay today. Yeah. Although some people were saying he didn't, but <laughs> I thought he was very good. Hi, this is The Biggin, Steve Fletcher, and you're listening to Back of the Net. So, AFC Bournemouth travel up to St Mary's on Friday night in yet another televised encounter. It's the South Coast Derby, but admittedly not the South Coast Derby. Anyway, ahead of the clash up the road, we spoke to Freddie from the Ugly Inside Southampton fan channel, who gave us his thoughts on Saints season so far, as well as his prediction for the game. Well, so far, Saints this season, we're up to the dizzy heights of 10th in the Premier League. Uh, a couple of wins, fantastic uh, win against uh, Sheffield on Saturday. Uh, a fantastic all-day round, actually. And Gineppo really bringing, uh, uh, becoming the star man at the moment. And he's certainly the one you'll need to look out for as Redmond may possibly still be injured for the Friday night game. We're hoping that his target is this game. Perhaps if it isn't, then it'd definitely be the Tuesday night game at our proper South Coast rivals. Uh, so, thoughts so far this season? I think it's been fairly solid, above expectations, I'd say. You know, four points on four games before the weekend, but a win has, has actually sort of propelled us and gave us an extra bit of confidence. The team are starting to knock the ball around confidently at the moment. We're starting to control games and we are... Uh, changing our shape quite often to, situ- uh, to, to to match the situation. You know, we've seen Gineppo and Buffal both uh, reads or both in the team now, often swapping either side of the wing. And we've also seen Cedric come back into the fold ahead of Jan Valerie, the breakout star of last season. So we've got more to locker this year. Uh, you know, last year's game, the three-all draw was fantastic for the neutral. 
and I think both managers swapped their shape and changed their formation about two or three times during the course of the match. So we might see a bit of the same again this Friday for the cameras, but uh, we are we are feeling confident at the moment. Um, is there a danger that this match is merely plays out as the curtain raiser? Absolutely right. I think, to be honest, I would take us playing a little bit of a weekend side this Friday just to make sure that we just hammer uh, the Blues uh, down the road on Tuesday night. We, of course, all know that is the real South Coast derby. Uh, Sky Sports and the media can hype it up as much as you want, but ultimately, it's not a derby. Could be said it is. Well, in fact, it could be a derby, but it's not a rivalry. Let's be honest, chaps. Prediction for the game on Friday, then. I think we're building confidence, locking, knocking the ball around quite confidently. Get a, another three points on the board and we can see ourselves at the dizzy heights of double figures after, uh, what is it? What it'll be, what, six, seven games? So into the rest of the uh, next few games. Important for us to get another win under our belts. Some interesting thoughts there from Freddie. And of course, I know that many Saints fans will be ridiculously excited about rekindling their rivalry with the so-called skates in the week after. But I'm sure their attention will not be taken away from what is a very juicy fixture on Friday night. Michael, if it's anything like last season's game or last week's England game for that matter, we should be in for some goals. Yeah, it was quite a humdinger last season, three all. Um, I just always have a sense of trepidation going there because that's the one fixture that I want to win more than any other every season is to win away at Southampton. And we've had a few goes. I mean, it was years and years we didn't play them for, but recently we've had a few goes. We've been close. The one that I can barely bring myself to mention is when Harry Arter skied Don't, that don't, no, don't, 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 don't mention <laughs> it, about please. The I knew you were going there. Uh, <laughs> and that was the same game when Benica Fobe missed an absolute sitter not long before the penalty. And they, we normally played them towards the end of the season and they're normally struggling and we were already pretty much assured of finishing above them. And yet we either lose or draw. We never put them to the sword. And I would love that so much for many reasons, not least of which are a few of my Southampton supporting friends who I occasionally speak to, although try not to let anybody know that I associate with them. Um, and just all the other stuff, like the stuff in the local media, like Radio Soul mm. in particular. I mean, I could talk for ages about the way that they are, you know, have a loving with Southampton. And then they say, oh, yeah, and Bournemouth are playing as well. It's kind of like we're, we're, mm. we're so second best. I mean, none of that really matters in terms of the game but yeah they 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 are definitely on my mind and i i would absolutely love like in kevin keegan fashion i would love it if we beat them i would love it too i think the inferiority complex is one that they wish we had but actually i think we're a match for them on the pitch if it was if it's 11 against 11 if we play to our our best and certainly if we if we play how we ended today's game, you know, we should be up for for giving them a match, don't you think? Oh, oh, I do, and I, I, I know that, you know, the players aren't. You can't expect this anymore in football. The players aren't from this area, so they they don't. They're not going to feel it like we do. Um, but I think that Eddie leaves them in no doubt that this is the big one for the fans, uh, and so. But there's been one or, once or twice we've gone and we haven't performed at all. And then other times we have, mm. so it just goes back to what I was saying earlier about you never know which Bournemouth team is going to turn up. And also they've 
they've turned it around a bit. They didn't have a good start. They lost, I think they lost their first couple of games. Um, but they drew with Man United just before the international break. They won away at Sheffield United, um, which was, I think, a game that could have gone either way. But they nicked the points and, and away when you take it any way you can. So they'll be confident as well. So, yeah, it should be, should be a good game. I just hope that, well, I'm stating the obvious here, I hope we can... We can go along, perform, and turn them over because that <laughs> I'd be absolutely cock-a-hoop. They've got the uh, the derby with with Portsmouth, and you know, they're going to have half an eye on that. It's a shame it isn't the other way around, actually. It's a shame they're not playing Portsmouth midweek this week because um, I, yeah. I don't think Hart would have any choice but to pick his strongest team for that. You know, because obviously, generally in the cups, managers will play a weakened team. Um, but I think against Portsmouth, he's got no choice but to play his best team because if they lose and he doesn't play his best team, the fans will find that hard to forgive. You know, So they, at least if they lose and he's played his best team, which for us that would have been a great thing because then they'd have had a really intense midweek encounter. Uh, but no, it's not, that's not the way it's going. It's, it's the other way around. But yeah, hopefully they'll have half an hour on that one and they'll, they'll forget that they, you know, they have kind of a rivalry with us and... We can come away with the points, but uh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm never confident, but this one sort of fills me with dread. <laughs> really, will it be our first game under under the Friday night lights as well? In the Premier League, yeah, uh, mm, we've, we've yeah. done it. Um, the, the the famous game against Watford, where they had oh, I can't remember his name now. Is it? Oh, it was. Uh, Fostier or something. He was sent off after 27 seconds. In that's yeah. right. Oh, that was good. It was rescinded that afterwards as well, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that was on a Friday uh, night. Uh, I think we won that two 0 in the end. Um, but yeah, I think I think yeah. this is the first one in the Premier League. Well, I'm hoping that we have a very similar Friday night lights performance <laughs> this Friday. Number two, I'm hoping that we turn up and be the consistent side that ended the game the last 20 minutes today and number three I'm hoping that Danny Ings has the same shooting boots on against his old club that he wore for that Liverpool game when he, when he missed a sitter with a minute to go yeah I think he might have missed one I think it was him he missed one against us last season as well with the the goal it is absolute mercy and he just for some reason didn't kick it properly and it and, and it went well it was like time stood still and I just thought they're going to score here and he <laughs> and he missed yeah so, I, yeah. to be honest, I've got no idea what's going to happen in this game. It's hard to tell how well both teams are going to do this season. It's early days. And, and both teams have put in decent performances and poor performances. So, and we're, we're both going into it off the back of, of good results. So, it really is quite an, un, an, an unpredictable one. I mean, if you were watching from, from the outside. But, I mean, I'm looking forward to it, but <laughs> with some trepidation. With some trepidation, do you think he'll go four four two, or do you think he'll play five at the back? I hope he goes four four two. He he hasn't. He's not blessed with that many defenders either. I mean, he's obviously got Simpson and Meppen on the bench, but today, but um, yeah, I, I think we talked about this before. I'd, I'd rather he went four four two with the, particularly with the um, the players he's got available at the moment, and I think that it worked well today. I'm, I, it's hard. I don't know what he'll do up front. I don't know if he'll if he'll bench Solanke and put King back up front, and then maybe bring Fraser back in. And and well, Wilson. I don't know if he's really guaranteed to start or not. Although mm-hmm. the other wingers, uh, Dan Juma, Eddie said something in the press conference in the week that made me think it wasn't just an injury that was keeping him out. He was maybe not match fit. And 
Stanislas, we never hear anything about him. I've got no idea what's going on with him. No, uh, but, me neither. Yeah, and David Brooks were obviously waiting for him to come back. But, yeah, so I, I don't know. Solanke didn't, he didn't play badly today, and Eddie didn't take him off. But he, he um, I don't know, he just he, he, he needs a goal. And it just yeah. doesn't seem to be happening at the moment. I think he's got potential, but he's only just turned, I think he turned 20 yesterday. Maybe it's 21. He's still really young. So, you know, the jury's, you know, obviously still out. But, yeah, I think if he, if he, if you've got a goal, you'd see his confidence rise as well. But, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw King and Wilson back up front. Well, I wonder whether he might uh, put Fraser in the lineup in midfield, keep the same midfield, basically, and shift King to play just behind Wilson. Mm. So it's more of a, a sort of 4-5-1. We'll see. We'll see. What's your uh, prediction? Cut to the chase? Oh, this... I mean, I don't like predicting the best of times. This one, I'm <laughs> very loath to do so. Um, well... I, I think I'll go for a draw. Let's say two two. Two two. So one of the games I have in my memory, very fond memory from last season, was when we went to Watford and everybody thought that Watford might turn us over, and we came away with a four nil victory. Do you think it'd be too provocative to wish for something like that again? No, it's not provocative to wish for it. I'll be wishing for it definitely. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be wishing that we absolutely, you know, cane them and come away with a thumping win so yeah if, if that comes true then fair play it's uh, it would be one that will never be forgotten never be forgotten let's hope so thanks a lot michael you've been brilliant yeah, thank cheers, you Jeff. this is steve jones and you're listening to back of the net So that just about wraps up another AFC Bournemouth podcast. I just want to say thank you so much for all of the positive reviews that we've been receiving on iTunes and all the shares and retweets that you're giving us on social media. Our aim as a podcast is to reflect the views and opinions of Cherries fans wherever you might be and we certainly hope we're doing that to the best of our ability. During the week Sam will be previewing the juicy encounter at Southampton so head to youtube.com forward slash AFCB podcast and make sure you hit the subscribe button to keep in touch with all that's going on ahead of the other South Coast derby. But just before we go off to suffer another week of hard graft at work, here's Sam with the answer to Do You Remember? Yeah, cheers, Jeff. And I uh, just want to say you and Michael have done a sterling job with today's podcast, getting it all together. Much appreciated. But yes, the Eddie Mitchell era coming onto the pitch, starting on a fan and then going onto Radio 5 Live. But why were 5 Live interested in getting him on the air? Well, this is why. Evening. So there's a rumour going round that a Apparently, the wife of, of the Russian owner of the club now, the, the billionaire who took or bought half the shares in October 2011, that his wife gave a team talk at half-time. Well, I don't know where you get your information from, but first and foremost, um, my partner, his 50-50 partner, his yeah. wife came to the ground today to watch the game. She's a very passionate person. Uh, she's not very football-intelligent. But she watched the first half and asked me if she could uh, come and watch the players come into the tunnel and wish them all the best. And they came into the tunnel, but obviously we were 1-0 down at half-time and they were a bit f***ed 
point that I don't understand, fully understand that. Uh, I invited her into the change room at half time, and she wished the boys the best in the world. We so, are so, so Eddie, if, it, if it's a club for everybody, for, from top to bottom, and and you have a season ticket holder who pays out all his his money every single week to watch you at home, and and probably travels away as well, and he collared you at half time and said, "Could I pop in and wish the players luck for the second half?" Would you allow it? Well, that's a load of. Because I, I no, Eddie, Eddie, I, don't, Eddie, don't talk to me like that. Why is it you just don't, you know if you want to argue with me, argue with me. Don't swear well, at me I'll when kids are listening. What do you want to know? Because we've been, well, I won't say, but in the past, Eddie, Eddie, we, Eddie, yeah, Eddie, we Eddie, gonna, Eddie, more, Eddie, we Eddie, gonna, Eddie, we, Eddie, we Eddie, get rid of him, get no, rid of him, no. get rid of him, get rid of him. I don't care who you are. You do not come on this show, which is listened to by fans of all ages, and swear not once, not twice but three times. Absolutely incredible. Those were interesting times indeed. A brilliant piece of archive audio. And we're looking to get an audio and a video archive going on YouTube for all the content that might be out there sitting on people's USB drive. So if you've got any content that you may think people will find useful, either audible or video content, do let us know. Just send us a DM on Twitter or Facebook or send us an email to fans at afcbpodcast.com. Ah, oh, the Eddie Mitchell era. Certainly an interesting time to be an AFC Bournemouth fan, that was. Well, every cloud has a silver lining. Just look at where we are now. And hopefully, that cloud will be lined with not just silver, but also plenty of red and black this Friday night. So, until next week's podcast, let's say thank you for listening. This has been Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast. Callum Wilson played through, offside flag stays down, great chance for Wilson and he's taken it and Jordan Pickford looks at his defenders and shrugs and says what can I do about that? Callum Wilson, cool as you like, in the one-on-one, Bournemouth 3, Everton 1. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.